Book Seven, Chapter Five of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Camilla, or A Picture of Youth, by Fanny Burney, Chapter Five, An Oak Tree. When the sisters were summoned downstairs to dinner, planted at the door ready to receive them at their entrance stood edgar lavinia and eugenia addressed him as usual but camilla could not speak could not return his salutation could not look at him she sat hastily down in her accustomed place by her uncle and even the presence of her father scarcely restrained her tears as she contrasted the hopeless uncertainties of edgar with the perilous pursuit of sir sedley edgar for the first time saw her avoidance without suspecting that it flowed from repugnance the interest she had shown for his safety was still bounding in his breast and as from time to time he stole a glance at her and observed her emotion his heart whispered in the softest hopes that soon the most perfect confidence would make every feeling reciprocal but these hopes were not long without alloy he soon discerned something that far exceeded what could give him pleasure in her perturbation. He read in it not merely hurry and alarm, but suffering and distress. He now ventured to look at her no more. His confidence gave place to pity. He saw she was unhappy, and breathed no present wish but to relieve and console her. When the dessert was served, she was preparing to retire but she caught the eye of her father, and saw she should not long be alone. She reseated herself, therefore, in haste, to postpone at least his scrutiny. Everybody, at length, arose, and Sir Hugh proposed that they should all walk in the park, during his nap, but keep close to the pails, that they might listen for all passengers in case of Clermont's coming. To this, also, Camilla could make no objection, and they set out. She took an arm of each sister, and indulged the heaviness of her heart in not uttering a word. They had not gone far, when a servant ran after Mr. Tyrold with a packet, just arrived, by a private hand, from Lisbon. He returned to read it in his own room. Lavinia and Eugenia accompanied him to hear its contents, and Camilla, for the first time, seemed the least affectionate of his daughters. She durst not encounter him, but in the mixed company of all the house— she told Lavinia to make haste back with the news, and took the arm of Indiana. The compulsion of uninteresting discourse soon became intolerable, and no longer chained to the party by the awe of her father, she presently left Indiana to Miss Margland, and perceiving that Edgar was conversing with Dr. Orkborn, said she would wait for her sisters, and, turning a little aside, sat down upon a bench under a large oak. Here her painful struggle and unwilling forbearance ended, she gave free vent to her tears and thought herself the most wretched of human beings she found her heart her aching heart more than ever devoted to mandelbert filled with his image revering his virtues honouring even his coldness from a persuasion she deserved not his affection and sighing solely for the privilege to consign herself to his remembrance for life though unknown to himself and unsuspected by the world the very idea of Sir Sedley was horror to her. She felt guilty to have involved herself in an intercourse so fertile of danger. 
she thought over with severest repentance her short but unjustifiable deviation from the transparent openness and undesigning plainness of conduct which her disposition as much as her education ought to have rendered unchangeable to that alone was owing all her actual difficulty for to that alone was owing her own opinion of any claim upon her justice how dearly she cried do i now pay for the unthinking plan with which i risked the peace of another for the re-establishment of my own she languished to throw herself into the arms of her father to unbosom to him all her errors and distresses and owe their extrication to his wisdom and kindness she was sure he would be unmoved by the glare of a brilliant establishment and that far from desiring her to sacrifice her feelings to wealth and shew he would himself plead against the alliance when he knew the state of her mind and recommend to her so circumstanced the single life in the true spirit of christian philosophy and moderation but all was so closely interwoven into the affairs and ill-conduct of her brother that she believed herself engaged in honour to guard the fatal secret though hazarding by its concealment impropriety and misery these afflicting ruminations were at length interrupted by the sound of feet she took her handkerchief from her eyes expecting to see her sisters she was mistaken and beheld mandelbert she started and rose she strove to chase the tears from her eyes without wiping them and asked what he had done with dr orkborne you are in grief cried he in a tone of sympathy some evil has befallen you let me ask no i am only waiting for my sisters they have just received letters from lisbon you have been weeping you are weeping now why do you turn away from me i will not obtrusively demand your confidence yet could i give you the most distant idea what a weight it might remove from my mind you would find it difficult to deny yourself the pleasure of doing so much good the tears of camilla now streamed afresh words so kind from edgar the cold the hard-hearted edgar surprised and overset her yet she endeavoured to hide her face and made an effort to pass him is not this a little unkind cried he gravely however i have no claim to oppose you unkind she repeated and involuntarily turning to him she had a countenance so disconsolate that he lost his self-control and taking a reluctant hand said oh camilla torture me no longer almost transfixed with astonishment she looked at him for a moment in a speechless wonder but the interval short the character of edgar for unalienable steadiness unalterable honour was fixed in her mind like truths from holy writ and she knew with certainty incontrovertible that his fate was at her disposal from the instant he acknowledged openly her power over his feelings every opposite sensation that with violence the most ungovernable could encounter but to combat now met in her bosom elevating her to rapture harrowing her with terror menacing even her understanding the most exquisite wish of her heart seemed accorded at a period so nearly too late for its acceptance that her faculties bewildered confused deranged lost the capacity of clearly conceiving if still she were a free agent or not he saw her excess of disorder with alarm he sought to draw her again to her seat but she put her hand upon her forehead and leant it against the bark of the tree you will not speak to me cried he you will not trust me shall i call you cruel 
no for you are not aware of the pain you inflict the anguish you make me suffer the generosity of your nature would else unbidden impulsively interfere you suffer you cried she again distressfully almost incredulously looking at him while her hands were uplifted with amazement i thought you above any suffering superior to all calamity almost to all feeling ah camilla what thus estranges you from candour justice what is it can prompt you to goad thus a heart which almost from its first beating he stopped desirous to check himself while penetrated his softness and ashamed of what in the bitterness of her spirit she had pronounced she again melted into tears and sunk down upon the bench yet holding out to him one hand while with the other she covered her face forgive me she cried i entreat for i scarce know what i say such a speech and so accompanied might have the stoicism of an older philosopher than edgar he fervently kissed her proffered hand exclaiming forgive you can camilla use such a word has she the slightest care for my opinion the most remote concern for me or for my happiness farewell farewell cried she hastily drawing away her hand go now i beseech you what a moment to expect me to depart oh camilla my soul sickens of this suspense end it generous camilla beloved as lovely my heart is all your own use it gently and accept it nobly every other emotion now in the vanquished camilla every retrospective fear every actual regret yielded to the conquering charm of grateful tenderness and restoring the hand she had withdrawn oh edgar she cried how little can i merit such a gift yet i prize it far far beyond all words the agitation of edgar was at first too mighty and too delicious for speech but his eyes now cast up to heaven now fixed upon her own spoke the most ardent yet purest felicity while her hand now held to his heart now pressed to his lips strove vainly to recover its liberty blessed moment he at length uttered that finishes for ever such misery of uncertainty that gives my life to happiness my existence to camilla again speech seemed too poor for him perfect satisfaction is seldom loquacious its character is rather tender than gay and where happiness succeeds abruptly to long solicitude and sorrow its enjoyment is fearful it softens rather than exhilarates sudden joy is sportive but sudden happiness is awful the pause however that on his side was ecstatic thankfulness soon became mixed on that of camilla with confusion and remorse sir sedley returned to her memory and with him every reflection and every apprehension that most cruelly could sully such trembling though nearly gratified hope the cloud that so soon dimmed the transient radiance of her countenance was instantly perceived by edgar but as he was beginning the most anxious inquiries the two sisters approached and camilla whose hand he then relinquished rushed forward and throwing her arms around their necks wept upon their bosoms sweet sisters cried edgar embracing them all three in one long may ye thus endearingly entwine each other in the sacred links of affectionate affinity where shall i find our common father where is mr tyrold the amazed sisters could with difficulty answer that he was with their uncle to whom he was communicating news from their mother edgar looked tenderly at camilla but perceiving her emotion forbore to speak to her 
though he could not deny himself the pleasure of snatching one kiss of the hand which hung down upon the shoulder of eugenia he then whispered to both the sisters you will not i trust be my enemies and hurried to the house what can this mean cried eugenia and lavinia in a breath it means said camilla that i am the most distressed the happiest of human beings this little speech began with the deepest sigh but finished with the most refulgent smile only added to their wonder i hope you have been consulting with edgar said the innocent eugenia nobody can more ably advise you since in generosity to lionel you are prohibited from counselling with my father again the most expressive smiles played in every feature through the tears of camilla as she turned with involuntary archness to eugenia and answered and shall i follow his counsel my dear sister if he gives me any why not he is wise prudent and much attached to us all how he can have supposed it possible we could be his enemies is past all divination gaiety was so truly the native growth of the mind of camilla that neither care nor affliction could chase it long from its home the speeches of the unsuspicious eugenia that a moment before would have passed unheeded now regaled her renovated fancy with a thousand amusing images which so vigorously struggled against her sadness and her terrors that they were soon nearly driven from the field by their sportive assailants and by the time she reached her chamber whither lost in amaze her sisters followed her the surprise she had in store for them the pleasure with which she knew they would sympathize in her happiness a security of edgar's decided regard had liberated her mind from the shackles of reminiscence and restored her vivacity to original spirit fastening then her door she turned to them with a countenance of the brightest animation alternately and almost wildly embraced them and related the explicit declaration of edgar now hiding in their bosoms the blushes of her modest joy offering up to heaven the thanksgiving of her artless rapture now dissolving in the soft tears of the tenderest sensibility according to the quick changing impulses of her natural and lively yet feeling and susceptible character nor once did she look at the reverse of this darling portrait of chosen felicity till eugenia with a gentle sigh uttered unhappy sir sedley clarindel how may this stroke be softened to him ah eugenia she cried that alone is my impediment to the most perfect the most unmixed content why have you made me think of him my dear camilla said eugenia with a look of curious earnestness and taking both her hands while she seemed examining her face you are then it seems in love and with edgar mandelbert camilla blushing yet laughing broke away from her denying the charge a consultation succeeded upon the method of proceeding with the young baronet tommy hod was not yet returned with the answer it was five miles to clarendel palace which made going and returning his day's work she resolved to wait but this one reply and then to acknowledge to edgar the whole of her situation the delicacy of lavinia and the high honour of eugenia concurred in the propriety of this confession and they all saw the urgent necessity of an immediate explanation with sir sedley whose disappointment might every hour receive added weight from delay painful therefore confusing and distasteful as was the task camilla determined upon the avowal and as completely to be guided by edgar in this difficult conjuncture as if his advice were already sanctioned by conjugal authority
End of chapter 5